I will try not to say um as much as I'm saying um, but I'm definitely or going so. to, or so, or like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to say all of them. I'm going to say um, so, like, for every sentence. Hello, sisters, and welcome. Grab a drink, a familiar, cozy up by a bubbling cauldron, and join us for this meeting of the Sisters of the Night Caucus. I forgot that there was another sentence afterwards. It's time to turn it over to Katie for a little bit of background on how this all started. So a couple years ago, a bunch of badass women in Pennsylvania politics got together and started a Slack group. And we decided, what the hell, let's call it a coven. And these women are from all over Pennsylvania. They are involved both out front and behind the scenes in politics. We have experience at every level of political campaigns, races, offices, and I think 15 members, give or take, off and on. But the thing is, why the Sisters of the Night Caucus? And our amazing professional as fuck producer, Dr. Ack, actually came up, I believe, with the idea um, of the name. It sounds political, sounds witchy, etc. So why something witchy? I think we all know as women in Pennsylvania politics, especially progressive democratic women in Pennsylvania politics, well, we're often called witches. It rhymes with bitches. It's not hard to put together. However, witches throughout history have like this whole thing. It's rooted a lot in racism for centuries. It is rooted in socioeconomic concerns over centuries. It is also rooted in, you know, women who are active in politics being accused of witchcraft, women who have power being accused of witchcraft. So you know what? Fuck it. We're witches. So we are the Sisters of the Night Caucus. And, you know, this is just our, our little coven thing that we do. And so with that, we're going to go forward and we're going to talk about people in Pennsylvania politics, particularly women. We're going to bring up queer voices. We're going to lift up Black and other BIPOC voices in Pennsylvania politics specifically to really educate this state about what is actually happening because 52% of the state's population is women. More than 20% of the population, if my statistics and adding percentages is correct, are not white. And an increasing number of Pennsylvanians identify as part of the queer community. So we're gonna lift up those voices and we're gonna talk about politics. And the one thing that I really wanna say all of us have a connection, particularly to the state legislature in some fashion. Some of us have run, some of us, you know, have helped candidates in districts, but the Pennsylvania legislature, 52% of our population is women. The Pennsylvania legislature is still only 26% women and it's an abomination. So let's fucking change it. So with that being said, I'll introduce myself. I am a councilwoman in rural Pennsylvania in a teeny tiny town. Been doing some deep organizing here in my own community for well over a decade. I got my first start in politics when I was 12, knocking doors with my mom in our neighborhood. And I just have to say, I once heard a man tell my exact same story once, my story as his story. So let me tell you, 
there's an extra level to this podcast. So from there, we're going to go and I've been in front, I've been behind the scenes in politics. I have my wonderful day job right now. And at that, I'm going to kick it over to Jillian to give, you know, a couple minutes on who she is. I've talked long enough. Sure. Hi, my name is Jillian Kratzer. That was just Katie Bloom, who I'm fairly certain didn't actually say her name. I could be wrong about that, but I'm so rarely wrong that I'm fairly certain that I'm not. Uh, (laughs) So who am I? I am the chair of the Blair County Democratic Committee. I'm the vice chair of the North Central Caucus of the PA Dems. I am a union organizer and uh, I am a mom. That's something that I get reminded to say a lot because I, you know, yes, I, I have a child. I'm a mom. Um, that is, you know, sort of where I'm at. And I have a, an amazing supportive partner who just brought me a glass of rosé. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I got into politics as you know, just a person who had moved into a city that I didn't know. I live in Altoona and um, I was introduced to people and they were like, hey, you should come to this, you know, picnic. And I went to a picnic and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, handing out flyers for a candidate and I'm doing phone banking. Uh, and before you know it, I'm, I'm the county chair and boy, it happens fast. It's exciting, but I quickly learned that there are not enough women out here in this. Uh, And I did a lot of research on that in school because it's kind of what was all around me at the time. And what I found, and it's super available and, you know, heard information at this point, but it's always worth saying, is that it takes uh, women on average more times being asked to run for office to actually do the thing. So, you know, you have to ask over and over and over again. And so I think it's really important to know that um, I want you to run for office. That's it. And just just a reminder, you, uh, if you're a woman, uh, I would like you to run for office in Pennsylvania. Um, But only if you live here, you do have to live here in order to run for office in Pennsylvania, but I would like you to run and that's kind of my entire life is just I want, I want women to run for office. I mean, Katie mentioned that 26% of our legislature is women when 52% of our population is women. Uh, It's something like 33% of municipal elected officials are women in Pennsylvania and boy, we have so many municipalities. Oh my god, I can't even I don't know, but we'll come up with that number at some point. It's very, it's a very large number. <sighs> Look, I've told you enough about me, which is fine. And so I'm going to move on to one of our other fun co-hosts, Shanna Danielson. Well, thank you, number one, for inviting me into the coven, this coven thing. Uh, and number two, for saying my name right, because that happens so rarely that I feel the need to celebrate. Uh, You also said a couple of things that I want to like play off of. And I wrote the word picnic in really big letters and I can't remember why. So I'm gonna figure that out. But what Jillian did not mention is her TikTok stardom and how she is literally changing the world one TikTok video at a time, including like 
local news interviews. So I'm sure she'll fill you in on that later. But um, yes, thank you. I'm Shanna Danielson. I live in um, South Central PA in York County. I am a former public school music teacher. I've spent most of my career teaching tiny children how to play band instruments. Um, and then kind of got involved in politics because right when I started my career, Corbett slashed eight bajillion dollars from the education budget. And the first things to go are the arts. And so here I am in 2008, yay, financial crisis, trying to find my first full-time job. And then along comes Corbett two years later and destroys my profession. So um, politics seemed like a, a good place to spend my energy instead of just screaming into a void, which I still do um, more often than I should admit, I decided to channel that energy somewhere. So when we moved to South Central PA a couple of years ago for my husband's job, um, I started going to Moms Demand Action meetings. I'm very involved in that organization. Um, I remember when Sandy Hook happened and you know I don't wanna be a downer, but that changes people. Um, when I'm sitting in my elementary school classroom watching what just happened to other elementary school kids. So I've been heavily involved in Moms Demand Action for a couple of years. Um, and then, oh, I remember why I wrote Picnic. Ah, uh, after I got involved with moms, I then saw like a Facebook ad or something because Facebook ads ruin lives for an indivisible meeting. And I was like, okay, like these could be my people. So I went and literally the next indivisible meeting, I became a candidate for state house. So like not the normal progression. Um, I did not have to be asked a million times over time to run. I was asked about eight times in one 10 minute meeting. Um, and that's then, perfect. If you can like just squeeze it into a shorter span, I think that's great. Just condense the whole thing. Right. Just ask a person. It's like, uh, it's like bloody Mary, but asking somebody to run for office. Yes. I like that. And no mirror or like weird nightmare no 10 year old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I ran for state house in 2018, which was a great year for women in Pennsylvania politics, but I live in New York County, so it was not a great year for me, but we did a lot of good things out of that. We formed the Northern New York Democratic Club. I'm on state committee. I'm on the executive committee for my party, um, really active with Capital Region Stands Up in this area. Uh, and then I did emerge, and I know there are many, many women in our coven who are also emerge grads or emerge adjacent. And um, while I was doing that program, I decided I was gonna run for state Senate. And so last year, I feel like what I'm most known for is that state Senate run from last year. Um, we blew up on Twitter. And so everybody all over the state kind of knew about our race and we didn't win and that sucks, but we did a really freaking incredible job. And so, um, I'm not in office, but I am very much still in this realm and I'm really, really tired of mediocre men, white men, especially, um, calling all the shots because most of them in Pennsylvania are dumpster fires of trash. And so there are good men out there. And I know like there are good men in progressive politics and they have podcasts too, but I was so happy that we were doing this because I'm just really tired of listening to them talk. I want to listen Hashtag to not all men, Shanna. Yeah, not, not all men. All men. <laughs> and I will now kick things over to Angela. Hey, y'all. Uh, hi, I'm Angela Valviano. I'm super excited about this coven thing. I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, so 
I got my start in uh, politics. I mean, I was always an extraordinarily political and um, also opinionated and large mouthed uh, woman, even as a, a small young woman. Um, and then I, um, I actually, I had three kids within five years and I was like deep in the mom, like I was in mom zone, like, you know, where like you're watching cartoons 24 hours a day and trying to figure out like, like when the last time you ate was. And, um, and then the Carrie campaign came along and my kids were a slightly bigger and I thought, you know, I'm going to dig back into politics. And what I didn't realize is how much I was going to dig back into politics. Um, and so that was kind of the start of um, a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, and much like everyone else, my story is actually a little bit more like Shannon's. It did not take me 8,000 asks to uh, decide to run for office. I went to a local council meeting. At, oh, I'm in Western PA in um, Elwood City. Uh, which is a nice little post-industrial town. And so, so listen, so I went to a council meeting and I looked around um, and there was not a single woman. One was a minimum of 25 years older than me. And I was like, this is insanity. This is the least representative thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so I was 29 and I was like, okay, well, and, and, and people said, you should just run. And I said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to run. So I did. And, and it was wonderful. I, and I had a, a wonderful run as a, as a local elected official. Um, I co-founded an economic revitalization nonprofit. That was awesome. Um, totally burnt myself out and decided to take a break from politics and segue into nonprofit work all over the world. Um, and I would come back and I would do a campaign and then I would leave and go do some more nonprofit work. And then um, I had, we had always said that if the opportunity came to really reform the local party, um, that we would really love to do that. And then that opportunity arose. Um, I was actually in Cambodia working at the time and uh, I ran for uh, the vice chair position while on an island. Um, and was elected, came back and died straight in. And in my 15 years since I was first elected, I had in my head, in my mind, I thought that there would be some discernible difference in the way um, women were perceived and treated in politics. I mean, 15 years is a long time, right? You would think, you would yes. think. Yes, I thought the world, you know, had made a lot of progress on a lot of fronts. And, um, and honestly, I was very, very, very surprised um, to see that um, while, while the, the worst offenders, you know, like when I was first elected, like old men who were my council counterparts would woof whistle if I like, I, oh no, it was gross. Yeah, it was totally gross. Um, this is this is a real thing. Uh, so anyway, so while that, yeah, so while that terrible stuff um, became less acceptable, the more insidious stuff um, I think was actually worse. And I was taken aback. So um, so you know, a part two of the introducing yourself was why are you here? Uh, and um, 
So I'm vice chair of Lawrence County Dems. I um, work full time as a progressive organizer and I am extraordinarily devoted in uplifting women's voices in Pennsylvania. Uh, we are underrepresented, it's disgusting. Uh, the misogyny is intense and there's a lot of conversations and it's not just conversations electorally on the people who are running for office. So I love all our female candidates. There's also a lot of stories and things that need to be talked about, about what happens to our staffers and, and our campaigners yes. who don't have any power, you know what I mean? Who are really in position, you know, in balanced positions. So I really think that um, I'm super stoked about this because this is a space. This is a space where, um, you know, we are completely centering the conversation and it's so overdue. So yay. And I'm now going to kick it over to Laura. Oh, okay. Um, how to follow that up. I am Laura Burke and like Jillian, I live in Blair County. I am our, one of our county commissioners. Um, prior to running for county commissioner, I ran for state representative in the 80th district. That was Jillian's faults. I did um, that, guys. Yes, yeah, she did that. I'll never apologize. Yes. Yeah, no, there was there was alcohol involved in that conversation. And I actually, so when I met Jillian, I was a Republican. You can boo if you it's, want. It's, I, a, it's okay. Um, it's okay. So I was a Republican. I had been a Republican my whole life. Um, I guess my defense is that I grew up in Seattle where things are just different. Um, <laughs> everything is different there. And being a Republican is not the same thing um, there than it is in central Pennsylvania, it turns out. So I got here and I was a Republican and it was like, okay. And like Angela, I had many children um, in a short span of time and really was just not paying attention, I think, to what was going on at all. <laughs> you know, and I was a Republican Obama voter and was still a Republican the second time Obama ran and then started working with victims of domestic abuse. Um, I was an attorney. Uh, I represented low-income low victims of, of abuse um, with, with Jillian and really just became very angry about the way my clients were treated by our state legislature and ignored by our state legislature. Um, and that was really what kind of solidified for me that running for office was the thing for me to do. Um, obviously got to know Jillian a lot better through that process uh, and after I became a Democrat and she introduced me to Katie and all of you. And yeah, so that's how I ended up here on this podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the crazy train of yes. witches. Thank you. We, yeah, we, we absolutely suckered a lot of people in here. I don't want to say suckered though. We are giving voices to people who fucking deserve to have voices. Damn. No, we, we definitely used our, our evil witchcraft to yes. uh, convince these people. <laughs> I mean, no. Laura, I will also lift up hardcore champion for hashtag raise the wage. Yes. Yes. Laura is an amazing advocate for raising the wage. Um, I am thrilled. Not even kidding. I sound sarcastic 100% of the time, so you should know that now. But I'm not kidding when I say that I am so thrilled every single day to have uh, Laura as one of my county commissioners. She's amazing. And I love her. Thank you. You're welcome. I guess that makes it, is that Lindsay's turn then? Yes. 
It is. So hello, I'm Lindsay Drew. Um, I live in South Central Pennsylvania in Hershey and uh, I'm just outside of Harrisburg. So I'm thrilled to be part of our little coven thing. Uh, I didn't realize how much I needed this space uh, until I had it. And now that I have it, um, there's, you know, part of me that wants to kind of keep it in our own little corner. And then the <laughs> other part of it, that's like, no, like, let's tell everyone how freaking amazing we are and the, the, the things that are, are being done because, um, you know, change can't happen when it's in darkness. Um, so for me, I was introduced to politics uh, at a young age as well. Um, my dad was a town selectman in Maine where I lived until I was a teenager before moving to Pennsylvania. And I saw really early on in life that, um, you know, through his example, that we need to look out for one another. I remember going to help people or bring food to people that didn't have it. And, and we didn't have a lot um, ourselves, but I saw how important it was for to take care of each other and to really embrace what community means. Um, he also ran for state Senate when I was in middle school in the largest Republican district in uh, Southern Maine as a Democrat. And he lost in a multiple recount by five votes. Oh. Uh, so I learned like just how important every single person's voice and vote is. Um, and that's always been something that, that really stood uh, or stuck with me. Um, a lot has happened between then and now, and I've always had a lot to say, but I didn't always know how to use my voice until a lot later in life. Um, for me, it was mostly after losing my younger sister to a car accident um, almost 13 years ago. And through that grief, it like really helped me kind of find what my purpose was. Um, and understanding how quickly life can change and that now is always the right time to use your voice. So um, I've tried to make decisions and, you know, kind of shift in a way that that was able to lift others and, uh, you know, be a voice for the voiceless. Um, I have a lot of titles in my life. I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm a divorced, single, full-time working mom. Uh, you know, I'm self-employed. I'm a school board director. Um, I'm a zoning board member. I chair the Dairy Township Democratic Committee. Um, and I'm most recently a former state house candidate after running for the 106th district in 2020, um, which certainly has given me a whole lot of new experience and insight as to the way things go. Um, I didn't have to be asked multiple times any of the times I've run. It's always happened kind of organically because to me, you know, talk is cheap and actions speak louder than words. And so when I've seen problems, I want to find a way to fix it. And when I hit a wall, I think, okay, well, what's the next step that, um, you know, that I can do and, and how can I put myself out there? And, um, you know, as I learned this past year, sometimes you hit that wall and you fall down. Um, but it's how you pick yourself up and go forward that, that makes the difference. And, I'm so tired of seeing women be told to wait their turn or to, um, to be a little less outspoken so that they can appeal to everyone or to, um, to hide a piece of who you are. And I am unapologetically myself, which is imperfect and perfect at the same time. Um, and I want to be someone who, who can always know when I go to bed at night that I did the best I could 
um, for other people and not just myself. And um, I don't know if in the future that means holding other elected offices or, or going at that again, or trying to empower other women to know that they have a place at the table. Um, but I love the ride that we're on in life. And um, I wanna know that as a mom, I'm leaving a, a better space because I'm raising a young white male and I want him to know that women are badass, that, that regardless of who you love or the color of your skin, that everyone has a seat at the table. And so if I can make a dent in that, hey, let's do I, I it. I have a question for you though. Sure. So we'll have an episode eventually about 2020 in Pennsylvania. <laughs> we got a lot to unpack Will we? there. <laughs> we're oh, we're gonna eventually. have to, right? It's Plus, an elephant. Okay, listen. <laughs> oh God. I'm gonna I'm gonna be out there and I'm gonna say, listen, every complete urbanite cis white hat dude has come down here to Pennsylvania and had a conversation in a diner in Allentown because it's rural. And they have had conversations about what has happened in Pennsylvania. We'll get to that fucking conversation eventually. Anyway. So knowing what happened in 2020 and some very interesting circumstances, I mean, Jillian likes to say that she asked people a lot of times to run for office and that's her shtick, but mm -hmm. are, are you running again for house, Lindsay Drew? Well, you know, isn't that like the question of the day, month, year, minute? Um, <laughs> I'm still looking into that cauldron and seeing how it bubbles and, uh, and waiting for it to reveal. But uh, one thing I saw is that change is needed. And um, as I said, when the race ended, he may have won that battle, but we're still at war. And um, yes, we'll see where we march. Yeah, and he sucks. Like... He sucks real hard. I was I was pissed for you so many times, and my guy sucked real bad too. Um, and then my guy yeah. just got hit by a car, and I was home with food poisoning, so it was not me. But like, I'm just I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know why. you know, and mine sucked. Sucks. Mine mine sucked in like the worst way too, because he's a nice guy, right? No, and then it was like dirty dog underneath, and tried to. Um, you know, exploit things or, or make up things that, that, um, that just weren't true in an effort to harm me. And, um, you know, really took some personal swings and I had every opportunity and I have the receipts, by the way, I could yes. have gone nasty, but I kept my receipts in my wallet because I am a better person than that. Um, and that's not who, that's not who the people of the 106th district should have representing themselves uh, or representing them. So we'll have yeah. to have a whole conversation on unpacking. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this ain't over, right? <laughs> no. And I think like that brings something up. Like I talked in the intro, we, we have a lot of conversations in the Slack group with all these fucking badass women. And there's going to be some things we share with y'all and there's going to be some things that we don't. Um, there is, by the way, there's still one more person, uh, technically two, but we have a special guest next week. But there's some things that we talk about in Slack that is really impactful 
to women in politics. I really think that eventually we will also have an episode that talks about all of the things that have happened to us as women in politics. I already brought up the fact that somebody literally took my personal story and made it their own. But there's a lot of things that happen to women candidates that I think we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela we could absolutely up, like, do staffers. an entire series on that. We could yes. do it. Genuinely. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot to so whether much. it is- Well, uh, we need to- pick- and I think we need to talk about the impact that has on women and why we only have 26% of women in the legislature, why women have to be asked so many times to run for office. It's because women already carry the weight of the world on their shoulders and are expected to do all of these things. And then when they put themselves into that arena, everyone comes swinging hard because women are resilient and strong and take no shit and try, most of the time do no harm. And people are threatened by that men are threatened by that. And so I think that that's a big part of just that whole system. Um, and you know, what we need to really fight against. Yep. And I think we might have a whole like mini series on all of this. Cause I think every <laughs> single one of us, um, who are rotating co-hosts, by the way, rotating certainly have their own story to tell. So I think with that, we go to our final introduction for this week. We have some more introductions of rotating hosts next week. So final introduction, Jennifer Wagner, doctor, lawyer, take it away. I prefer aunt. That's actually a fantastic role. I am super aunt tonight. They are amazeballs. Um, So yeah, I'm Jen Wagner and uh, we'll get real, real quick, right? Um, So 1995, I'm going to take you back to 1995 when I was in high school, in a little high school that doesn't exist because it's in such a small town, it's merged with others, Central Pennsylvania, Snyder County, uh, and they put on a musical known as Annie. Some of you might have heard of it. Uh, And I, yours truly, was cast as the best character in that musical. Who is it? Say it with me. Frances Perkins, the first woman cabinet member. Yes. No singing required. <laughs> See, and I was going to say Miss Hannigan, but I also do love that. <laughs> yeah. So, so Frances Perkins. So fast forward uh, about 10 years. I was in law school in North Carolina and my favorite people there, we had our own group that we called the Politikittens and we would get together and we would drink coffee or alcohol and talk all things politics all the time. And it was one of the best things that I uh, loved about being in the Triangle area of North Carolina. Fast forward another 10 years about, the Supreme Court has cited my work I worked for a US Senator as a science and engineering congressional fellow uh, and moved back to central Pennsylvania. Um, And so I just, you know, the natural course for me would be to join this coven and to be part of this podcast. So I am thrilled to uh, be uh, getting engaged in in good trouble with Jillian and Katie. That's That's my introduction. Okay, but wait a minute. There's more to Dr. Jen Wagner. Gasp. What she hasn't said, and like me, you know, she's probably not going to talk about her job. This is something we do on our free time. But when I have a question about the current panorama, Panini, whatever you want to call it, I may or may not text Jen because she might be an expert in bioethics. 
she may have published articles about, you know, utilizing DNA and other such things to reunite uh, migrant children with their families. You know, she's kind of a badass, may or may not do this thing that all women do, which I will continually hold all of you accountable for. Never neg yourself. I do it myself. I expect Jillian. She literally you know, already did it out. like five times in this podcast. I just. I did. I did. I did. But, yeah. um, you know. When did I do this? No, I did. No, I don't think you did. I think Katie did. And she just likes to project things yeah. onto people. I do. That's her thing. I completely project things onto people. But Jen is quite a badass. She's a lawyer. She has a PhD in like biomedical, I don't even understand stuff. And her way of explaining things to normal people like myself who do not have a science degree continually astound me day to day. And she ran most of the um, voter protection in this area. So she also knows election law pretty damn well. Um, and has also helped on local campaigns. And I am looking at the chat because we are doing this as a group. And I am very amused by the fact that I already got more bourbon because we do encourage, you know, cocktails at this podcast. I'm going to be honest. And I am seeing that Jillian has gone to go grab her bottle of wine. Angela is going to go grab another, another bottle of beer. Um, and we're going to actually turn it over to, I believe, Shanna. You may be starting to kick off the teaser of numerous segments that we have planned. And of all of the different types of segments we have planned for this podcast, and we'll rotate them in and out again, introductory episode. Um, this one is uh, what the villagers got their pitchforks out for. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Can I just say that you, you ended that sentence with a preposition and it's driving me nuts. Listen, I'm sorry. Second glass of bourbon. Second glass of bourbon. Leave me alone. Shanna, oh, the pitchforks. This is please. amazing. I have always wanted to stomp around a village with a pitchfork but I've never felt called to actually do so so this section will be the gems of the local news comments on social media which as a candidate I spent zero time looking at because people on Facebook comments are terrible human beings please don't go there save yourselves but in the interest of um pointing out how much humanity is trash, we are going to occasionally highlight some of the best. Uh, so I found this article from Pen Live, which by the way, if you're looking for trashy internet comments, Pen Live is for you. Uh, so the, the title of the article was unique central PA police dog sniffs out phones, electronics, people don't want officers to find. Where what? is where are you hiding your phone that like a dog has to sniff it out of you? I want to chime in on this though, because I do think I read that article because it was about a dairy township where I live, um, canine. And it's not just sniffing out phones, but these dogs, like dogs are so freaking smart, right? Smarter, Smarter than, than men. Yeah. Because a lot of these men hide their flash drives with child porn in a book somewhere. And these dogs are finding that. 
So can I just say that hiding a flash drive in a book (laughs) is the most like done to death? Like, what did you watch an episode of Sherlock Holmes or some shit? But remember, Jared, really? Yeah. But remember, from Subway, like that's how they busted open that case of him having all of it because a dog sniffed out his shit. So like. Reason I mean, listen, I have a work phone and a personal phone and I just carry them around all the time and they make my back pocket extra large. Um, so are you saying you would or would not require a police dog to look? Would not <laughs> require a police dog because I'd just be like, look, here are my phones. Well, pen live readers, if you can call them that, because I'm willing to bet 95% of these people never actually read the article. Uh, they had some things to say about this. And so I'll just give you the best um so jeremy says unless i'm dead stay the hell off my phone does he think the dog is gonna like make calls like what does he think <laughs> the dog is gonna do um, the dog is gonna search through his social media and then like, i'm like dogs don't have thumbs man like <laughs> what do you think they're gonna text like <laughs> i mean does yeah. he have a mistress because now i kind of want to know like is the hey. dog gonna accidentally call the mistress him out. what are you well, hiding jeremy <laughs> david wants to know does he answer to the name joe so like david's got some beef i guess with the dog named joe i don't know but another david because we have too many davids in central so pennsylvania davids. said maybe he can find hillary's emails of course oh wow so clever central pa and then steven says can we not get new material no but it gets better you guys because steven i don't even know how are you ready yeah steven wants to know um or a list of people she suicided oh what the fuck the verb to suicide so someone ending a sentence with a preposition. Let's talk about making suicide of like a, a verb. Someone comments, how do you suicide somebody? And then Steven says, <laughs> that just murder? apparently she knows how. So everyone, there you go. There you have it. Oh that is the, my God. It's a sliver of what Penn Live had to offer to us this week. Thank you. That's amazing. Amazingly awful. Amazingly awful. I'm I yeah, talk look. about public education in Pennsylvania one of these days. Oh dear God, help me. Oh, can I tell you? So can I tell you though that I was looking um, at the absolute ma- last minute, which is how I do, and my very own Altoona Mirror has this piece about um, Blair Amed to ink deal for clinic, um, which is great right, for our area, and I'm sure actually Laura probably knows about this, uh, without having to read the article, because she's, you know, a commissioner, but uh, I looked at the Facebook page for the Alcina Mirror, and there's a single comment on this article, and it is a link to a TikTok, and that TikTok is a man talking about how so um, what, like uh, some number of people in the United States have gotten vaccinated, 100 million people or something like that. Um, but, but like 750,000 people are fully vaccinated. 1,900 people have died after getting the vaccine, which he didn't say because of. He said after. And then he was like, if you divide 750,000, by how 300 and some million, however many people are in the United States, right? 
then you get 440. And if you multiply 440 times 1900, then that is like 800,000 people that are going to die from the, and I just. Can, can. Jen, can would you, you like to comment? Jen, Jen. Did I blow your whole Jen, mind? I mean, this is an all caps situation. This is as many punctuation points as possible. That's crazy talk. <laughs> people die from all sorts of things every day that have nothing to do with the vaccine. Yep. No. You're I know kidding. you find it hard to believe, but I think that it Heart is in attacks? fact true. Heart attacks, brain aneurysms, old age, what? Yeah. Shark attack, I don't know. It Maybe must anything. have been the deep state's fault. It's mm. probably the deep state. It's probably the deep but state. But Hillary's yeah. emails, you guys. <laughs> People my have favorite. died from Hillary's emails. My favorite on the on the pen live post is always the common theme of it comes back to like it's it's Governor Wolf's fault. Like are there that, things that are not his fault? That's the like automatic go to. All I have to say is I I recently was on the Turnpike and saw a billboard that said "Don't blame me, I voted for Wagner." <laughs> as a Wagner myself, it makes me want to barf. I, I mean, I just have to say that. <laughs> I, you remember that time that like a duck crapped on Scott Wagner at one of his campaign stops? Because that was amazing. <laughs> I literally made a meme out of the time that Scott Wagner was holding a duck where I took that picture and I put it into like an Anderson Cooper screenshot and it said like Scott Wagner names duck as his lieutenant governor candidate or something like that it was i was very proud of it i i might have i might have told katie at one point in time if i ever run for office my slogan has to be i'm the wagner you don't want to punch in the face <laughs> yes 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 or you could that really play it do it or you could play it really well and be like i'm the not i'm the non-trashy one <laughs> right <laughs> wait I'm not going to threaten to stomp somebody's face with golf cleats on. Wow, that's, that's a, and, and I think do. as a what candidate, a that's a scandalous <laughs> position. That was very a scary. little bit, maybe. Yeah. This campaign is already well, off to a rocky start. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the messaging is really bad. All right. Not much money <laughs> that you could put up one of those billboards that say, don't vote for me. Like, don't blame me. I voted like. It's just like another your money whole podcast to talk about like the way that we waste money when there are hungry children and, and all these other things, but that's, we're going to need to add that to the list. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to probably have a whole episode on billboards at some point. <laughs> um, and like the short version of billboard, the billboard episode is don't, don't, don't. just don't. <laughs> With exceptions, but don't. Yeah. I mean, like, don't that's all i got for you we'll we'll have a longer discussion about it where we'll talk about the exceptions but in the meantime if you're thinking like should i get a billboard no (laughs) no i'm not even gonna let you get to the end of the sentence remind me when we have that episode we'll do by the way oh yes but i do believe we have another news article from the esteemable laura burke 
Yes, yes. So this was actually WTAJ. So it was um, originally television news, which of course now is also on Facebook and wherever else. And I guess a little background about the 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 news piece. Um, I forget the exact title, but it was about UPMC treating their 1,000th patient with the monoclonal antibody treatment for COVID. Um, and what was frustrating to me is that I watched through the clip and then I read the summary as well, because they basically type out like everything the reporter says underneath. But in the video version, they left out like, how do you qualify for this treatment? And like, when would it be a good idea for you to seek this out? But that was in the written part. And so I'm like, what are they doing here? Like, why is this hidden in the typed version? But they realize that no one reads, so they're safe to put it there. I guess. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. But you said it. Yeah. <laughs> so the comment that uh, that caught my eye and, and basically this it was a, a mother with an adult son and her adult son took her to UPMC Monroeville to get this treatment. And since she was the 1000th person, this is news. Um, and so the comment that I um, became interested in was uh, life saving is Narcan, not a flu shot. Chicken pox has killed more people. What? So yeah, yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. Are those thoughts connected? <laughs> I, you know, I so I did some googling, um, which is dangerous. And I'm glad Jen is here. She can maybe fact check some of this. Um, but Narcan, um, what I found was 27,000 people's lives have been saved from like when it was invented till 2014. So probably way more people since then. So that's great. Um, not a flu shot. Um, so flu shots are vaccines. And I think that this person was maybe talking about the COVID vaccine. Maybe they assumed that the news piece was about the vaccine, which it wasn't. I don't know. I agree that like most people don't actually read the things like they just comment based on the headline. I don't know. Um, so I'm not really sure why they're comparing the treatment to the flu shot or the chicken pox chicken pox there is now a vaccine it apparently was only killing like 100 people a year the flu shot was saving 6300 lives a year so i think you know a lot of people do actually succumb to the flu every year but then if we're comparing all this to covid where we know like half a million people died in a year no like just no chicken pox has not killed more people <laughs> No. I think does does chicken pox actually like kill people? I mean, I think it's like used theoretically to. possible. But like yeah. now there is also a vaccine for chicken pox. Like when right. I was a kid there wasn't and it came out like in the mid 90s. Um right. and now there is and so like if you are vaccinated you don't really worry about it. Um but, oh, man. Can this give birth to a new segment where, like, we each find three completely unrelated things and comment them <laughs> on a local news story and see what the responses are? I'm just gonna be like Dalmatian I mean, insomnia cicada attack. Okay, wait. And see what happens. Yes. Wait, we. I I have an issue with commenting on news stories, and after I know Angela also um, has a great little news comment to share um also text me otherwise if you also have one but um 
there's a guy in the region okay. who comments on every fucking post. We all have that guy. I think every single community has that one guy that comments on every post. And 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 mind you, I value I value this person so much because 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 they are speaking truth to the crazy people. However, eh, like, like know your audience, do we though? know yeah. your audience? And like, do we really want to be commenting on all of this stuff? Anyway, side note aside, going to Angela, I know she has a news article. I do. I do have a news article. So I, um, I really try, like probably a lot of you to stay out of reading the comment sections. Um, because they're horrific and disgusting. I mean, this uh, is why we're drinking during this. Exactly, because yeah. we had to look in the comment section. Mm-hmm. So, um, so full disclosure, this, this, um, this is actually a comment on a news piece that I was directly involved in. You know, mm-hmm. I was quoted it. Yes, yes, personal involvement. Full disclosure. Uh, so. So the same piece ran in the Newcastle News and the Sharon Herald, and the uh, comment sections were a hot mess in both. Um, the Newcastle News piece had 119 comments. Now, so here's here's what the post was. With a sense of purpose, Black Lives Matter student organizers marched through Westminster College. The horror, okay? How dare they? The horror of these students to dare to organize at their own college. However, in looking, I I didn't read the comments for a full week because I was directly involved. Um, So, but in looking for a comment for this, I did. And so, of course, you had 119 plus uh, on just one and like probably 70 on the other of just the most disgusting, stupid, racist talking points you've ever heard in your life. Blah, 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 burn loot, blah, blah. These are the real racists. You know, all that crap. None of this is shocking. I don't want to uplift any of that. What I want to uplift is this very special fella. Okay. So <laughs> This fella. This will be the only time we uplift any fellas. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to see here. You're going to see how, how much he needs uplifting. So um, one of my past female candidates in, in Lawrence County, uh, Miranda Zeronis, commented, I like to look at the laugh reacts on these posts so I can be certain to know where not to spend my money. I think we can all co-sign this, right? We yes. all co-sign this sentiment. Yeah, it's the only useful thing about comment sections, you know? Love you that. Like, oh, didn't know that about that person or that business owner. Okay, so she made that comment. And so here is my ridiculous and stupid winner of the week, you know, where it was totally unexpected. A fellow by the name of John Jones, which is not a pseudonym, mind you, um, I checked, commented, 
Miranda Zaronis, you have nice feet. I would like to lick your toes while we are in the missionary position. How is that, like, okay, but, like, let's break down how is that physically possible, because, like, <laughs> just, listen, mic drop, mic drop, uh, I mean, that's amazing, just yeah, but that, that's amazing in that it makes me want to throw up for her, because, yeah, I do want to throw up for her, how but, like, women? also just, I'm yeah. trying to figure out the physics of, but, I mean, you would go there, you would. The rest of us are like, oh my God, men are disgusting pigs. And Jillian's like, but how would you get the feet like near your face though? You, I feel like she would have to be really flexible. And that just like, that is just one example of asking too much of women in our society. Like I'm kidding, but I'm also not, frankly. Well, I I mean, if there's a parable here, there's a parable here. And, and so my whole, my whole point in, in choosing this is I just want everyone who's listening right now to realize that this is a man with a family. Like this man, people love this man. I don't know why they do, but they do. You know, this man exists in the world and has familial connections. And he felt comfortable in the year of our Lord, 2021, making this comment on the Newcastle News webpage. So uh, my my whole point in picking that was I just wanted to leave everyone listening with the re, you know the reality that if someone would say that publicly, can you fathom what ends up in candidates' inboxes? And yep. and some of us have the receipts to show you just what ends up in candidates' inboxes. I can't wait for that episode where we get to just out all the creeps and total. <laughs> assholes for all the horrible things that they do to female candidates i truly and can't i'll say like yeah. before shanna and i were part of this coven running being candidates in the same region together in 2020 we had another coven um of all of the amazing other women candidates because we had some badass women running for office in south central pennsylvania this year this past year and we would use that platform to share those things and it became almost a like oh wait I've got like let me do you better like because <laughs> you're never gonna believe this and I think it's for me like, yeah so it oh it, like just when you think it can't get worse it always does but one of the things for me and I think that like I've always been a really like empathetic person and I try to I feel the feels right <laughs> like sure I, I try to pretend like things don't bother me. They do. Um, but for me, a lot of it sometimes is I look at these comments and I think, aside from being completely disgusted, appalled, can't believe that other humans treat other humans this way and or think that there's no impact to their words because they're typing it versus having to say it, is what happened to you? Like what happened in your life? Like where is your hurt so deep that you feel you have to hurt someone else or have to put this crap out there, um, you know, in, into the universe? And I get overwhelmed. Like I, I'm the worst. I don't stay out of the comments like when it's about me because I <laughs> apparently am just that much of a glutton for punishment. But I try to stay out in general because it really makes me question humanity. And I think about from like the mental health impact of it, like people don't 
understand the power of their words and what it is going, what it could trigger or do to someone else um, without them even realizing it. And I think that is the biggest part of it for me with online comments is, you know, especially since we've all been behind screens a hundred and 10,000 times more than we've been in the, you know, prior to the past year. It's like, imagine if you had to, like when, when you get a lot of DUIs and you have to breathe into a breathalyzer to start your car. Imagine if you had to get on a, t a live TV screen or something to a public audience and say the shit that you're about to type into comments before you type it. Because I guarantee you 98% of the people wouldn't actually say that. But because they can type it in and hit that, it, it feeds into that whole instant gratification. And um, everyone always says, ignore it, ignore it, don't pay attention. And I guess I take the different perspective of like, no, I'm calling it out. Like, I'm going to say this isn't okay because we don't know who's being hurt because of it somewhere else. And when you just turn your head the other way, nothing ever changes. And so... I take a lot of heat in my own community for being the person that calls things out, but I'm never going to apologize for pointing out bad behavior, not because I'm trying to punish someone, but because I'm trying to say like, look, this isn't how we should be treating one another. We yeah. are totally having an entire damn episode on this. And I know a woman in Western Pennsylvania who will happily come on who five years ago at the 2016 uh, DNC convention, I believe it was during the Pennsylvania breakfast or lunch, Jillian, help remind me here, okay. who may or may not have referenced this kind of stuff happening to women candidates. And I believe it was publicly during a speech. Yeah. Yeah. We might have her on. Because I think we need a whole episode on that. But I think that speaks to, you know, where we started the podcast, why we started Sisters of the Night Caucus, mm -hmm. why we're going to keep going on all of this is because too often mediocre white men, men who think it's perfectly okay to sexually harass women, even though, oh, it's not sexual harassment. I was just commenting on your cleavage. Bullshit. But I think that where people who think they have expertise, where they don't, where people who drop into this state, they know Pennsylvania because they worked in Arizona, they don't. Listen, just the like Commonwealth, thing, I am right? sorry, the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth. Apologize. I'm sorry. Apologize I'm sorry. to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I am sorry to all of my, my fellow Pennsylvanians for referring to this Commonwealth as a state, as I am not technically a Pennsylvanian. Mm. No, but, uh, so let's just say it's to from you, Iowa. We can all refer to it as a Commonwealth once we start having a general assembly that does things for the common good. She went all the way. Raise there. the wage, protect people, yes, yes, accept yes, everyone. Yes. Once we do that, then I'll give you shit for not saying Commonwealth. <laughs> I, Lindsay will, it will be okay for Lindsay, but for me, I will continue to give you shit simply because uh, I enjoy it. 
but can uh, you can you do it on tiktok with like a classical music background probably i can't <laughs> you know what honestly maybe i'll do a tiktok about how 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 pennsylvania is a commonwealth and if you say otherwise then we can't be friends maybe that's it there be drum and fife i think it should be drum and fife in the background yeah i like to you know i feel like people don't notice this all the time but i do you know for my most recent tiktok i did like a sexy voice and the music that i used was air on a g string right you know i was like nobody's gonna notice but i don't care because i know you should have used fluffing the duck oh see yeah well i mean it's just like what tiktok has to offer me because i'm just like classical music go and then i scroll through it until i find something that i feel like is good unless uh there was a there was a video where i used the pennsylvania polka where i felt like that was I had to. Just promise me you'll never use the official Pennsylvania State song because it is fucking terrible. Oh I my god, I don't it. even know what it is. What is it? No, 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 forget it. It doesn't exist. Okay. Don't go looking for it. It's I'm one hundred percent googling it after this, but okay. Same. <laughs> but, but I will say, as we start to wrap up this episode, that uh, we will be back in about two weeks with an amazing badass guest who may or may not be taking that dome of corruption for a ride as they're serving in the state legislature. And I really think that I'm gonna turn it over to Jillian to talk about some things we wanna lift up because we do believe in lifting up people's voices who don't get heard. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, uh, we are gonna try our very best to close every episode by lifting up some events. And you can find links in the show notes. Um, we have on Saturday, April 17th, the End Prison Gerrymandering in PA, South Central PA Forum. Um, that's hosted by Fair Districts PA, ACLU of Pennsylvania, and like a bunch of other organizations. So please check that out. That's going to be really great um you know certainly prison reform is an incredibly important issue um to be involved in and you know like i said hit the show notes we will put the state the the pa state song in the show notes the commonwealth song (laughs) i know listen here's the thing though listen here's the thing we are a commonwealth but just everybody like the commonwealth song it sounds weird and so in those instances, I am going to say state. You guys had to teach no, the state song to a bunch fine. of elementary schoolers. Right. I have, interestingly, you, you know what? No, I was no. an elementary school person no. once and I never learned it. What? You are buying in to state supremacy. Uh, oh, listen. Burn. Oh, this ouch. is a commonwealth, Jillian. Ouch. The real question is, can Shanna play it on the flute? She probably can. I could, but I won't. (laughs) She actively chooses not to. She's not going to do it. I want to know, 
Is it the music or the lyrics that bother you the most? All of the above. It's just subpar craftsmanship and these people should be ashamed of themselves. So it really comes back to like, we could do better, which just really applies to so much in this commonwealth. At this point, it should just be the Pennsylvania polka because that's freaking ridiculous, but at least it's funny, right? Or like, give me some Stephen Collins Foster, like- famous composer from just outside Pittsburgh like that would make more sense but this song is an abomination and I'm sorry that that is what people will remember about me from this episode I truly yeah maybe instead of teaching everyone how to use Twitter and record podcasts and do all these things we could just learn more about TikTok and really set a trend with the, the like those theme songs I think. Well, I mean, listen, I think there are two, for me, two songs that should be the Commonwealth song of Pennsylvania. One, the Pennsylvania polka may never die. I, I love co-sign. it so much. Co-sign. Two, Pennsylvania 65,000 by my man, Glenn Miller. Ooh. Deep cut. Not many people are willing to lift up Glenn Miller and oddly enough, I will glow, go the Glenn Miller route. I love Glenn Miller. I can't, I cannot deny it. I'm so sorry. It's here. It's, I it's have, here. in all seriousness, yeah. Even Collins Foster wrote a song called Old Folks at Home, and there is nothing more Pennsylvania than that. <laughs> That's perfect. That's so perfect. Oh my God. Pennsylvania ranks fourth in the number of senior citizens over the age of 65. We're old as hell. Yeah, that one. I'm going to lobby. I'm going going right to the top. I'm going state representative Eddie Dapashinsky on this. He was a choir director. He'll he'll listen to me. I love it. I love that. I'm I'm happy to to text his staff if you would like me to. Because I'm going to right now. Maybe they could do a resolution for this, right? Like, (laughs) Listen, they're doing resolutions for so many things that are absolutely ridiculous. I think literally all they do. If you haven't seen uh, the the intro, the the thing where you like somebody wanted to rename a bridge, the Governor Wolf Toll Bridge, even though it hasn't actually been officially declared a toll bridge yet, you should please find that just like look at what the ph legislature is doing because they're they're a lot they're a lot oh, guys. So that whole naming a toll bridge thing my own state senator shout out john DeSanto. yes actually me. came for me on twitter because i dare question the hypocrisy of him always saying waste 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 and then taking time to talk about writing a bill to change the name just to take a job at our governor so here for that like conversation love it fiscal responsibility well you know honestly look yeah look we're gonna be talking about fiscal responsibility on the next episode we are with our special guests and foreshadowing for our next foreshadowing so that everyone wants to chime back or two back in and Mm -hmm. listen i know but I'm going to double check with our amazing producer, Dr. Ack, and make sure we're good on time. And we are probably going to say goodbye. So for this introductory episode, we have myself, Katie Bloom, Jillian Kratzer, Lindsay Drew, Shannon Danielson, Laura Burke, Angela Valvano, Jennifer Wagner, 
and producer, Dr. Ack. So thank you all so much for listening to the inaugural Sisters of the Night Caucus, that little coven thing, the first podcast. We'll start uh, breaking your balls and your bones in the coming episode. Don't forget to follow us at the Night Caucus. Check us out on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, let us know what your favorite balls to the wall crazy local news comment section uh, comment is, and you know what you're excited about hearing more of. But do not we come here. Like an award for it. No positive yeah. comments about the Pennsylvania State song. None. Not a single positive comment about that. We will mute and block everybody who makes positive comments about the Pennsylvania State song. Period. End of story. <laughs>